0: Hello and welcome to No Rest of the Weekend, where we go behind the scenes and talk to the creators of independent entertainment. I'm Jason Godby, and with me in the Rabbit Hole studio today, she is an accomplished actor and producer. She's here to talk about her current project, which is Adulting with Jane, Mm. Miss Jenny Paul. Welcome, Jenny.
1: Hi. Thanks for having me.
0: I should say welcome back to the cast, because you were on one of the early seasons of the show, one of the, the guinea pig seasons, as I like to, to refer to it. Uh, so if you want to know more about Jenny herself, check out episode 201 of the cast. But we're going to talk more about the project that you're that you're here to talk about, uh, which is coming out, uh, Adulting with Jane. So without further to do, g- give me like the log line, the Hollywood log line sure. for the show. Uh,
1: adulting with Jane is a uh, shoppable DIY comedy series about a millennial, Jane, who may or may not have certain adulting skills, like sewing a button, changing a tire, um, how to help a friend with a panic attack, all sorts of stuff. And the show basically exists to demystify these individual things, but also to be a sitcom in and of itself. So yeah, each episode has a different expert influencer that comes to teach Jane how to do something that could help her in her real life.
0: With this character, who is she's uh, a generation, uh, a, a millennial generation character. I would say um,
1: I would say millennial, maybe slipping into Gen Z, but by right. a large millennial. Uh,
0: and um, for uh, for for Gen Xers like myself, <laughs> uh, kind of explain the whole like how she fits into the whole scenario of adulting and what that concept is.
1: So basically. I would say Jane is a pretty average millennial as far as things go. Most millennials, unlike Gen Xers and Baby Boomers and up um, the great generation, are very good at taking care of themselves in certain ways, whether it be getting to their job on time or being on top of their fashion or their Design or their um, relationships, but they're not necessarily good at the things that you know. Some of our parents and our and the people just older than us learned pretty young in life, like sewing, changing tires. These are things that were kind of normal and natural for people to learn and somehow our generation missed some of that now i have a lot of theories on why that might be but posit
0: one for us posit
1: one well for, for <laughs> throw me, throw one out there for, right. from for example for me is my parents um were both doctors and um and i actually wanted to learn how to sew and my dad spoke spanish i wanted to learn spanish my dad played the piano and I think my parents, when I asked them to teach me those different things, were like, eh, they kind of suck. You know, my dad, you know, my dad had to had to learn Spanish, he had to learn piano. My mom had to learn to sew. So they were kind of like, you know, eh, we don't really want to teach you. If you want to go learn, go learn from somebody that really knows what they're doing. Um, so in my case, some of the stuff I did learn anyway, because you have to doing laundry. I actually do know how to sew a button. On the flip side of things, you know, some of the stuff I didn't learn because my parents really didn't like learning it. And they did. They felt. Forced to do it, so they didn't really want to share that burden with me. So then that leaves me, you know, 21, 22, without a few of the home ec steps that most people get. We also, if I remember correctly, we had home ec in seventh grade, but they canceled the program in ninth. So I'm kind of on the cusp of people that did. That did get a little bit of home ec, but then it kind of went out the window after I got to school.
0: When I was a kid, they called it, it wasn't home economics, they called it something like home and careers. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was like the first generation when they, when they tried. Because back in the old days, uh, like the baby boomer generation, if you, were, if you were a guy, you took shop. If you were a gal, you took home ec. And when I came along, they were trying to be a little bit more progressive, so they made everybody take both. Yep. So you had to take home and careers, and you also had to take something called technology, which was just shop. But <laughs> they <laughs> didn't call it. But shop, I guess, wasn't a cool term, so they called it technology. Now, this character is—is uh, she—is she a real person, or is she sort of a a composite, uh, your typical millennial type? Like, how, how would you describe her as a as a person?
1: I think she is a real person. I mean, interestingly enough, I think. I think she's she she kind of represents the person that would be my Jenny's best friend somebody so I'm somebody who kind of takes a lot of pride in doing adulty type things and being responsible for myself. And dealing with all these things, and when I need something, I'll Google it and I'll just figure it out. I'll figure out what I need. Producing, but, <laughs> right, right, producing. But I think on the flip side of that, there are a lot of people that have, you know, a, a high five-figure, six-figure job. They're either in law, they're in fashion, they're in PR, they're in social media. There are lots of new kinds of careers where. Where you can be a fully functional adult and never have to have done a lot of these things, especially if you live in a big city like New York. So I think there are a lot of Janes out there. I think they're running PR firms, and I think they're running, uh, fas- you know, fashion design, um, fashion design marketing, and they're doing that sort of, sort of thing, and they don't have necessarily enough time to to be the one sewing their own thing or doing their own thing, if they're in fashion, I sure hope they can sew that button. But, right. you know, <laughs> that's sort of the thought there.
0: I, I also think this is, this goes back to, you know, the difference in parenting, the difference in rearing, because a lot of the times that, that menial stuff was taught at home mm-hmm. or taught at school. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, schools are sort of treated as these, it's basically just like career school like you're taught uh, a certain discipline that you're supposed to go into when you get older when you graduate but you're not taught life skills you're not taught things about life and you know we need that too that's part of growing up and you get that from your teachers so like these career-minded people who can be very successful can also be completely dysfunctional <laughs> in their personal life and not know how to do certain things including know about other people right. you know and i think it's also technology Mm-hmm. As well. There's a lot of things that technology has kind of taken over for us, but there's certain things that, you know, I mean, unless you own a robot, they can't change your own tire for you and they can't do certain things for you. I mean, you know, what are we going to do when we have self driving cars? and then nobody knows how to drive anymore mm-hmm. and then your self-driving car breaks down <laughs> <laughs> and, and somebody's got to drive the bloody thing. Right. So, um, I think it's an interesting concept and I think it, it at its heart it's it's got very good intentions. It sounds like it's a very well-intended type <laughs> series. The uh, the thing that scares me is the fact that we might need it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we might we you might know. we might
0: now. Now you say it's a shoppable series. Mm-hmm. Now, how did that come about? Cuz you had the idea, mm-hmm. right? And then you, you brought it to brands to partner with. Like, how did that all, that whole thing come about?
1: So, back when we did our interview in, uh, in Season 2, as it were, it wasn't going to be a shoppable video. Um, basically, I've been in the indie content universe for a good five or six years now. I like to think of myself at kind of the forefront of it, but, you know, it's indie, so, you know, every, everybody's got their own thing, their own definition, their own audiences.
0: Hence but, this show.
1: Hence this show. <laughs> but I do know that one of the major, if not the major issue that indie content has as a genre, if you want to call it that, is that there's no money for it. There's no money anywhere. People get distributions in you know big multi-channel networks. They get distributions online. They get distributions in OTT platforms such as Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. But there's still no money in it. Production, on the flip side of things, costs a lot of money to, to happen. Some less than others, but generally speaking, they're very expensive to produce. It takes a village. It's you know 40 people per per project minimum. So basically, I've been kind of grappling with this idea. I You know, produced a series five or six years ago that was incredibly successful for what it was. It was called That Reminds Me, and it was a narrative about a family, then sitcom. But it didn't make any money. It made you know little little bits here, little bits there. And I thought to myself, there's gotta be some way to monetize this stuff so that people are getting the content they want, but it's also not you know cost prohibitive. It's not you know basically setting yourself up for failure as a business person or an entrepreneur. So I've been looking for a successful way to monetize one of these things for God knows how many years. This is one of the projects that I had, you know, in development when I learned about a technology that was kind of up and coming that allowed you to hotspot videos within the content. And allow things you can click through things you know YouTube has this to a degree but they they're very limited in what they allow you to do with it so I figured that one of these you know one of these series one day one you know one project would be a good fit for something that had an interactive element and this to me struck me the court is the one, so as soon as the tech itself, which was kind of behind the curve in terms of user ability and too much buffering, all of that stuff, we basically sat on the tech until it was ready, in, in our opinion, and then we greenlit the project.
0: You bring up some interesting stuff here because uh, a lot of the people out there, a lot of people watching the show right now, they're indie content creators, they're filmmakers, and there's no bloody money in it. There's, there's no way to get um, it, The hardest thing to do is get something financed. Mm-hmm. So, you have the quandary of, like, I want to get this thing financed, but I want to keep c- creative control over it, mm-hmm. or I want it to have some creative integrity, yeah. uh, <laughs> but the first thing I have to do to get financing is sell out to a corporation, or get an investor who's you know, maybe they're an active investor and they're telling me what to do. And now I'm in this whole quandary of I want to get this thing made, but it's not mine anymore. You know, like there's this whole, uh, you know, uh, argument that happens with just about everything. And then if you are, if you do say, you know what, screw it, I don't want. I'm just going to make it myself. Yeah. Now you've got the, okay, how do we get this done? Because there's no money. And, you know, how do we get people to either work for free or work for food or like, <laughs> you know, so you're yeah. doing all of this stuff and you you wind up working so hard just to work, yep. just to make something. And it also goes to the, the problem of the people now have been trained, audiences have been trained to get their content for free. Mm-hmm. This is We have this free information age and everything's on the Internet but somebody's got to pay for it somehow Mm -hmm. because you look it costs money to make you know so like with this how are you able to kind of navigate those waters and get because you have several brands on board for this talk talk about that a little bit like who are your partners in this thing
1: we have a a fair number of partners because once again it takes a village and when you're starting something up nobody wants to come in big but everybody's willing to kind of take a little chance here and there and so we kind of spent a long time cultivating sponsorships we have a handful of different sponsors we have a tire sponsor for the, t- the how to change a tire episode we have a um, project repat is a company a really really quality company actually that makes quilts out of your old t-shirts okay and so we use we feature that in the sort of tidying up and making space in your it's apartment also a episode. little bit
0: renewable reusable mm-hmm. kind of thing which is cool
1: they're, they're a really cool company too they basically give american jobs to people that need them in a certain amount of charity donations they have a very cool um, baseline for their business that's nice and then we have the actual tech is a partner they are trying to break into the american market and get this to be a thing as well they're called Wirewax, and they weren't the original tech that we were using um the original tech as far as we know went belly up which was really interesting so when we when we found out so you started
0: out out with one company and then we
1: started out with a company that um that the only one we'd ever heard of having done this Um, and then we were kind of ready to go and they they weren't able to do it Um, so we went okay let's figure out who else is out there and we actually found two companies and the one that we liked the best in terms of its functionality was Wirewax, and then we met with them in person here they have a New York branch and we loved them they were wonderful and we went okay so we're you know formally partners with them as well Um, we have Affiliate partnerships with the partnerships with Masterclass, which is a very similar type of thing, except it's a great program. program. Yeah, great program. Nerd Wallet is another one. It's a lot of uh, financial advice, information, that sort of thing.
0: The fact that you were able to secure these—that's a job in and of itself. Oh,
1: that's the job. Now, were yep. you
0: were you doing this stuff on your own? Were you, you did you have partners that you have producing I, partners that were help you out with this? I have
1: three producing partners. Um, one of them is that's by good. and large responsible for the sponsorship element. Although, to the point where we were all in it together, we were all in it together until it became a separate job. So the so myself, um, Elvin Roitman, who is my co-executive producer, has been by and large in it with me and then the other two major producers are jonathan paul and samantha saltzman
0: what were some of like the lessons that you learned doing that and like what, what can you give us like a little little do and don't list or like yeah, sure. like can you like because i think it's something people want to do but i yeah. think it's a thing something people don't know about you know
1: i think uh, the biggest the biggest thing is learn to love your product and learn to sell it out of it because you know it's at first you're like okay you know why should they be spending money on me what do i have to offer and then when it comes down to it in reality especially at a low price point which is where we still are because we're newish this is no skin off most companies noses so it's just a matter of if you fit their branding or not so if you're if you guys are shooting for the same audience and there's benefit to be had from their audience to yours your audience to theirs then then there's no reason you know they may still say no but there's no reason that you have any you know disadvantage in asking
0: yeah and I, I think it's probably in these in this case it's not really about the money mm-hmm. it's about are the, is it a worthwhile investment mm-hmm. for them in terms okay. of so like you're I hate to say this, but like your first season is very crucial mm-hmm. because you have these people partnering with you. So it's like you, if you're a success out the gate, you'll mm-hmm. have a second season. Yep. But it's something to get greenlit this way because it means that you're Your concept was strong enough and your creativity was enough that you got people who are essentially not creative to get on board with what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, and so you're able to, like, it's like when you pitch any executive or you pitch, you know, a network or whatever. If you Mm -hmm. can, if you can say, like, now, if you get this thing going and the product's qual and the show is quality, mm-hmm. now if you take this, if you want to take this to a higher network, if you want to get this, you know somebody else to pay you for this, you can say, "Hey, listen, I've already got all these other brands on board, yeah. and they like that, mm-hmm. you know, because somebody else was like you said, they're not willing to come in big at first, but they'll they'll throw some chips in there, mm-hmm. you know, they'll throw you a few shekels, and then you know, next thing you know, you you like." It's a building process. Right. That's that's probably the thing that people don't realize too. It's not like just like oh here's target or whatever, <laughs> and they're just going to give you a ton of money to yeah, do this. No. <laughs> no. It's like we, we got to get this one and that one and uh-huh. this one and that one, and then we'll make enough. You know, it's it's like that quilt making company. Right. Right. You, know, you get enough old t-shirts and you can make. Yes. One, you know? Exactly. Uh, so um, that's great though. I, I think yeah. that's and in um, patience, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. Because yep. it took you. <laughs> From uh, just from like inception to the point where you're like, we're going to go into production. Mm-hmm. How long is that process for you?
1: Uh. We shot our first um, our sh- first tester episode in April of this year.
0: OK, so um, about yeah. a year between the yeah, time you started. Yeah. You were able to talk about it and the time that you were and, able to and come it around. Was,
1: it was in the it was in the pile for a lot longer than that.
0: Well, in this case too, it was a little bit uh, not to compare you, but like it's like James Cameron wanting to make Avatar. Yeah, he couldn't make right. that movie until that until they yep. could do that yep. because you know the technology it wasn't, just there. wasn't there. There, yeah. um, but I, I think this is kind of the way of the future. Uh, nobody wants to watch commercials. Mm-hmm. I pay extra on mm-hmm. some of my streaming channels, so I have to watch commercials. So, yeah. so how do you get it in there? How do you you yeah. know? And I I've seen it happening. Sp- Subtly, I'll use that in, in finger quotes. But subtly in in certain programs of product, like. Okay, does Tony Stark really need to make the long drive up the driveway to to Avengers headquarters in the Audi that gets a money shot when it pulls uh, you know, it you know?
1: Maybe, maybe not. It's, it's still, Who knows? You know,
0: it, like is that yeah. is that Joe and Anthony Russo going? No, I really want to show the way Tony Just, drives. Mm-hmm. Or is it you know? And also, yeah. he's like a gazillionaire. Would he have an Audi? Would he have like a Maserati that's or a point. Ferrari or you know? That's a, that's a but you know. A lot of those cars, in the Marvel movies are outies. Mm-hmm. So you know, uh, this is the way it is, kids. And, oh, and if yes. you want to make the content, you got to pay for it somehow. But th- I think that's great. I, I think all that stuff is it shows how good you are as a business person, and you know how how savvy you were to be able to say, "Hey, come on board with this." <laughs> you know, you guys are you're looking at distribution now. On you're doing VOD.
1: We're doing internet based, so the tech is really built out for an internet. Kind of capacity because it's got all of these hotspots the same way YouTube would click to the next thing, um, but the the VOD platforms um, Roku Chromecast um, Fire Stick Apple TV they all are conducive to this type of thing not necessarily to the direct clicking to shop because it gets cumbersome you know anytime you try to buy something through a smart TV you're like four.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to scroll through the menu thing. It's like,
1: we're done. Like, getting out of my chair to get that credit card is is enough to not have me do that. Right. Um, (laughs) But um, we're working on having that. We're also going to be implementing a QR code system if people really want to do that through the television. Like a scan type thing. Right. So it scans you straight to the the buying function. And, you know, if you really want to do that, my assumption is that people will, if they're going to watch it on TV, they're just going to watch it. And then internet, mobile. Basically, it's kind of anything that's open source that's not behind a paywall because it's theoretically being paid for by advertisers, so there's no reason for... The viewers to need to pay for
0: right that. now the stuff that you're talking about with the Apple TV and the Roku's now I watch most of my internet through my Apple TV mm-hmm. so I've got that little uh, thin uh, you know we call it the score bar remote because oh, yeah, it's yeah. so you know and it's got like four buttons on it it's yeah. very hard to manage anything yeah, yeah, yeah. and then when you get kicked out of Netflix <laughs> you got to go through a hundred things uh-huh. just to type it that's right they're gonna fix that uh, I feel they're like they're gonna have to I feel like that's something that's gonna be you know. Yeah. Press play or press this to get, you know, press the circle to get this whatever. You're like, going to have
1: to keep up. That functionality yep. is
0: going to going to happen. It's just not right now. Yep. Uh so I feel like this is all future proof in mm-hmm. a way because the technology is going to have to get there. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, now Apple's developing their own content. So they're going to want to do stuff like this, Mm -hmm. and you know, not everybody watches Netflix on their laptop. So they're going to want to, you know, all of this kind of thing is going to happen, where you know, when Tony Stark does pull up in the (laughs) Audi, and you're watching it on Disney Plus, now all you have to do is is click on the, Uh you know, hit, you know, it'll be a little circle, and you, you know,
1: that's this,
0: and hopefully there will be (laughs) something where you could turn that off. Oh, there is, (laughs) yeah, there is. So that you, if you don't want that, I find I actually get less commercials on my Apple TV. Because like with YouTube, they'll put one in the middle. But mm-hmm. I, be, be, when I watch it through Apple TV, I usually just get the one in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Sometimes one at the end, which nobody watches. The one at the end. <laughs> but um, so I, I think all that stuff is, is it's the wave of the future, uh-huh. and it's going to be, um, and it's so much better than having what I've seen is where you have a character in the show shill for the product in oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. show and it's just yeah, it's so it's, it's a lot and it, it, yeah <laughs> it's like, a lot
1: I, I i have trouble with that
0: your your eyes roll back in your head so fast <laughs> yeah, and but, you you just sit there cringing like yeah, oh my god why is to me, to me why is kira to, sedgwick plugging oh, an ipad yeah. You know, like.
1: To me, the integration is the key here. You know, I could talk about the advertising part of this all day, every day, because I think it's the most interesting. Because we have, you know, we have this this problem of an over influx of content, and this other problem of these advertisers that are used to being able to put money into that content that have nowhere to put it anymore. Right? Because nobody wants nobody to watch commercials. Yeah, nobody watches commercials. So, so they need a, a another way to reach back out to their audiences that isn't the way that they're accustomed to doing it. So, I think this is. A great bridge gap. That being said, I think um, I think that integration into the into the process is so much more important than people give it credit for. Um, you know, I think Audi would be best suited to not do a click through because nobody's going to buy a car through their computer. Right. That being said, if it was a smaller item, say for instance, like a, a like a gadget that you only need to buy once, like a, a specialty razor or a you know, in our in our case, it's a car jack, you know, something that you're going to buy one time and you're going to throw it in your trunk. And that's going to be the end of it. That is something that somebody might want to see through. And Whereas, you don't have
0: to test drive. Exactly. Literally. Exactly.
1: Like nobody's going to, you know, maybe it may be clothing or something, but nobody's right. going to buy an Audi that way. So right. it's not an Audi's best interest to break up the to break up the, the storytelling in any kind of way that right.
0: way. You're integrated in this process because this is what your show is about. Mm-hmm. So there is a story reason mm-hmm. for these things to be there it's not just like um oh look i, I mean i literally watched an episode of a show where this guy <laughs> was talking about I his new wait. samsung tablet and it was just so forced and you just felt like i mean the red mark i had on my forehead from smacking it while i was watching this thing was like you know you just kind of like come on man like and, <laughs> you know it's like re- respect actors just stumbling all over themselves mm-hmm to uh, spout, to sh- you know, corporate right. written dialogue right to
1: show the Pepsi can in the right direction. Yeah, I, I mean, saw one of those this week. I was like, "Oh, Pepsi."
0: Yeah, so I mean, you're going to like to me if you're going to do it, you have to do it either very subtly or you have to make fun of the fact that you're doing mm-hmm. it. Um, which before I'm going to wrap up in a minute here, but, like, how would you explain that how would you describe the tone of the show? Oh. because you you don't want to talk down to people, yeah, 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 and it is a comedy series. Yeah. So how do you how do you do that without making fun of them?
1: I think we're doing a little I think we don't we never make fun of a product because that's just not.
0: No, I mean your show. audience. But like, the audience,
1: yeah. I mean, Jane is is likable, maybe too much so. So I, I think it's just more of like a okay, you know, and less of like we're making fun of Jane. And we've done a lot of like deep script you know, deep script writing and development to make sure that Jane isn't dumb, because it, Jane isn't dumb. Um, so when we get into these things, it's more of like she's already googling something because she's not really sure, and then all of a sudden the magical influencer pops in and is like. You know, the the making fun that we do, here's a good for instance, the making fun that we do is our influencer intercepts Jane as she decides she's going to H&M to buy a new shirt because the button fell off. OK, so there's there's comedy in that, okay. because like the the nonsense to especially older generations, but just to anybody.
0: No, that sounds like something people do. Yeah, it's you know. something
1: people do. It's OK. You're you know, you're waiting for a business meeting at a Starbucks or in a coffee shop and you lose a button and there's nothing you can do about it right now. You're not going to Dwayne Reed for a needle and thread and finding a bathroom. You're going to H&M. Mm-hmm. Because that shirt's only gonna cost you ten dollars. Yeah. So there is some truth to that. And but there's a lot of humor in that too. It's like, wait, what's she doing? You know, like and then the influencer gets to say, Whoa, hold up. Like that's you don't have to do any of that. You can just like, you know, take a needle and thread and there's usually, you know, an extra button that most people don't even realize is there right, in the, the right, cuff of the shirt right. you know um that type of thing so she you know one of the episodes is the cleaning up and she her boyfriend needs some extra space so that he can leave his stuff there she doesn't have any so she goes to buy a new dresser you know and then they're like what? that's nonsense you know so she we make fun of it it's tongue-in-cheek about sort of millennial antics as it were but She's not stupid, she's sol- she's solving the problem. She's just solving the problem in a way that a millennial with no time and a little bit of extra income. Right. right?
0: And hence the landfills pile up. <laughs> uh, <so laughs> exactly. Is it, hopefully, no people see this, it'll be good for the planet. Yeah, too. really. It'll be great it, for the planet. <laughs> uh, it's definitely a thing. It's definitely part of the culture and it sounds like a lot of fun, too. Um, but like, so if I'm going to wrap up, but if people want to find out more about you, more about the show, where can they find you on the web?
1: Uh, adultingwithjane.com
0: I'm going to wrap up. Thanks so much for coming and uh, thank you all out there for taking this trip down the rabbit hole for more episodes of this show you can find them on our website no rest for the weekend podcast.com you can also find us on all the podcast channels and now we're on footprint.tv so you can download the app and watch all the episodes on your phone or on your apple tv or any of the places that you can watch jenny's show uh, <laughs> we're fully integrated um, and you can send us money anytime just kidding, uh, but that's. Are being you s- <laughs> <laughs> That being said, we do have a Patreon. You can visit us at patreon.com/slash/no rest of the weekend. Uh, once again, just want to give a quick shout out and say thanks for coming, Jenny. Thanks, thanks, thanks for, for coming back. Me. Anytime you have sh- any other projects, let me know. Sure. Come on back. And uh, for behind the rabbit productions, I'm Jason Godby. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.